With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, folks. Troy Dooley and I am glad to be back live on the air. I tell you what. That's probably the one area of my business life that I just haven't gotten all figured out because of time zones is how to rock the radio show while I'm out interviewing and reporting on some of the the individuals like Orrin Woodward that we're having on the radio show and some of the companies that are in the the direct selling niche. I spent four days, well, I guess three days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I spent three rock-solid days with Oren and Lori Woodward, uh, Chris and Terry Brady, uh, I think about, I think the stadium where they were at or the arena holds about 16,000, 17,000 people. Uh, I believe they probably had, uh, because the upper rows were not filled, I I, I had the blessing of being able to take videos and pictures, but I'd say probably 11,000, 12,000 people that showed up for what they call their major so I, I was able to, to take off my VIP badge and go out into the crowd and, and listen to what the, the troops on the ground had to say, so to speak. What were their members talking about in this organization, not just the enchilon of leadership? And I was, I was thoroughly impressed with some of the things that I heard because it, it really does seem like that Orrin Woodward and his founders of life and the the top leaders, what they are teaching is really being moved downwards, which means that it's gone from teaching to coaching, and now it's being implemented at the grassroots level. Today, we are in Chapter 6, Resolved. I resolved to keep score in the game of life. Orrin starts this off with this. He says, I know that the scoreboard forces me to check and confront the results making the needed adjustments in order to win. I don't care if it's business. I don't care if it's your health. I don't care if it's your sex life. I don't care if it's just your communication. I don't care what it is. If you're not willing to keep score and adjust where you have issues, adjust where where you're falling short, then how do you know if you're winning or not? I mean, this is huge. This is why we see so much turmoil in every aspect of life is because people don't want to confront the scoreboard. You know, we've, we already learned in early chapters the, the process that Orrin teaches. He says, plan, do, check, and adjust, PDCA. I learned that a lot uh, this week, listening not to the leadership of team and the leadership of life, but the actual people in the field. And it's fun because I have friends of mine who have been with this organization for years that live here on the island with me. And they're the first to say, Troy, I I can't tell you that I've had ultimate success in network marketing because of team and life, but I can tell you it has helped me adjust my marriage. It's helped me buy a business because I was able to utilize the practices. So I think anytime you're in personal leadership development and you're willing to keep score, 
then you're able to know if you're rising or if you're falling. Orrin writes this. He says, you either hate losing bad enough to change or you hate changing bad enough to lose. Let's take health as an example. There's, well, I don't even have to take health. I could take, I could take weightlifting, bodybuilding, you know, whatever it is. But if you want to make changes, then you've got to feel the pain. I remember the Saturday morning that I got up and asked my dad if he would drive me up to Nolan Road so I could join the Marines. I didn't need the recruiter talking me into joining. I just needed to sign the paperwork and figure out what my MOS was going to be. That was no big deal to me. I knew that I didn't want to prolong it, so I didn't want delayed entry because I was one that once I make up my mind, let's just get her done. January 13th, jumped on a plane. That night, ended up in San Diego, California. That's where the real pain started. That's where the real keeping score started. The first 17 years of life, there wasn't a lot of scorekeeping. School was boring because I was smart enough and had read enough to understand what I needed to do. So I had no problem graduating, had all my credits before my senior year, blew off the last, I don't know, half a day every day. I I knew how to schedule my classes. The only scorekeeping that I was doing at that time was which girl really did like me and which ones didn't. I'd already lost the true love of my life, so I was just jumping from one relationship to another. So the Marine Corps was the first real place to keep score. Now, don't get me wrong. I grew up in church, but that scorekeeping was really sucky, to be quite honest. It had nothing to do with motivation. I can tell you that. It's like every mistake, every sin you made, the score was you failed. So there was really never any success in my book unless you were... You know, the the dude on the stage who had told you God called him at age one to preach, which I figured I was going to hell in a handbasket anyway since God didn't seem to talk to me the way he did the guy up there that was sweating and spitting. And I'm I'm pretty harsh on that, but that's just kind of the denomination I grew up in. So then when I hit the Marine Corps, it didn't change much. The drill instructors, drill instructors were still spitting and yelling, but they were doing it. To me, it seemed like with with a reason in mind, because we were truly keeping score. So when Orrin starts writing in here that you've got to keep score in the game of life, that makes sense to me. I was sending my scores home. My mom has them. They were in a book. She knew my, my rifle scores, my pistol scores, everything that I was doing. I mean, this was big to me. What she didn't get to keep score on was the biggest part of the Marine Corps on how to become a leader. See, the Marine Corps is the oldest leadership development organization in the world. They have put out more leaders in every aspect of life than any other single organization. And don't take my word for it. Just, just check how many, how many organizations are run by former Marines, male and female. From Wall Street to Main Street, and you will see exactly what I mean. For an organization that has says the few and the proud, that is true because we seem to be the ones that keep rising up to the pinnacle of success. 
because we understand what pain really is. We understand that first little sentence that Orrin wrote, you either hate losing bad enough to change or you hate changing bad enough to lose. And lose is not in the Marine Corps vocabulary. See, the PDCA process really is a, a pretty pragmatic type approach to things. You're, you're checking it. It's keeping your reality through and through. That's something most people don't get. But what happens is most people plan. Everybody seems to have a plan for their life. It may not be on paper. It may just be up there in their brain. It may change day to day or minute to minute, but they have a plan. I have found, as Orrin has, that most people really do do something. They, they really do go out there to engage. What happens is they don't check their process. I've got a good friend of mine. Almost every morning we are on the phone together. He is a collector of information, and he is one of the best influencers that I've ever met. And I hope he's listening to the radio show. Because the one thing that he does is he accumulates knowledge, but he doesn't act. Today he calls me up on the phone. And he says, hey, can you give me 30 minutes with my other web guy? Because you said one thing, he said another. I'm not sure what to do. And I said, no. I won't. I love you, but it doesn't matter to me. You're not a client. You're a friend. You just got to do something. So if this guy is local and you like him, then don't call me on this subject anymore. Follow his instruction and act. Just act. Just do something. This is what most of us do. We want to call around and get all this input, but then we never want to get off our daggum butt and do something. See, the check step, P-D-C-A, it's check. You've got to find out, am I doing this right? Am I moving forward? Am I sitting here getting in a pissy attitude, not doing anything, or am I willing to get off my doggone butt and go do it? It doesn't matter how many books you get. It doesn't matter if you're reading through all 13 chapters of this book. You've got to do it. Orton writes this. Check The check step provides the scoreboard for people following the PDCA process, helping them to identify their current performance and potential areas of improvement. Refusing to study the check step is, the, is to reject a learning experience. I have come to the conclusion that every dull, negative, disillusioned crybaby that I met or have me- or a meeting in life became that way because they don't want to check the score. They are too afraid that the score will tell them that they are not improving and that they will have to focus on themselves. I believe that society as a whole has checked out and ripped out that C process on purpose. See, everybody now has to be a winner. And where there can't be all winners, then you you see them where they try to divide the classes, rich against poor, you know, good against bad, black against white, whatever the case is. Different situations, same end result. 
unions against non-unions, management against the employees, corporate network marketing against distri- – I see it all the time. Because people don't want to have to suck it up, look at who they are, and make the decision, I need to change something inside of me. I'm not growing in this area of my life. Orn writes this. Most people, in other words, would rather delude themselves and be happy than confront themselves and face the effort to improve. Oh, I'll just sit around. You know, by golly, I tried to look like that stud on TV. Look at that six-pack. But, you know... That's just not me. The boys called me the other night. We went out and had a beer, shot pool, ate pizza, and them chicken wings at 1230 right before close. I get them for free. They were great. Then they come home. They try to market their weight loss product. They drink that, that protein shake in the morning, and then on the way to work, grab that Starbucks double chocolate chip frappuccino and a big old six-pack of hot and warm now donuts from Krispy Kreme and wonder why nothing's changing. See, this is exactly what happens. I remember young in my life, I was dead, busted, broke, didn't have a pot to piss in. And my father-in-law, it was great because he just loves his baby girls to death. I've watched him, and and I and I, I really do pray my girls know I love them as much as as the girls' his dad loved them. And he said, you know, I bought all these campground lots. Why don't you guys just come out and hang out with us on the weekends? It won't cost you anything. You just, you know, pay a little gas, come down. And for almost three years, that's all Paige and I did. I mean, we we worked all week long just trying to pay the bills. My network marketing company was very small. I was doing construction on the side. But we looked forward to those weekends because we just got away and had fun. We would dream again. We'd walk through through the Arkansas woods, not the Arkansas, the Ozark woods, and we'd have a blast. Today we're living part of that dream because we would plan, we would do, we would check, we would adjust. 1990, one of the worst years of our life in business. Lost my bail bond organization, went to work for a mergers and acquisition firm. By March, Dalton was born, just the love of our life. But 89 had been even really worse than 90. We had been separated. It was a screwed-up freaking mess. But one of the greatest things that happened to us in 1990 is we fell in love with Destin, Florida. We went back home and made a five-year plan. We'll start from the bottom and work our way back up to the top. In 1995, we were moving to Destin. We had everything planned. We were getting ready to, to pack up and Opal came through and devastated everything in Destin. No way we were going to move during a hurricane or the aftermath thereof. Another five years of blood, sweat, and tears. A couple of times we came down here and, and it just didn't feel right to move. So we would plan, do, check, and adjust. In 1997, my 17-year-old Tessa was diagnosed with a a very, very bad birth defect between her kidneys and her bladder that was causing her to have urinary tract infections almost weekly. She could no longer get in the water. She couldn't swim. She couldn't do anything. It got so bad one time that we had her as an outpatient going to the hospital with an IV in her arm every day as they shot her up 
with an antidote, a very powerful medication, medicine that actually works against anthrax if you have anthrax poisoning. And they told us, we've got to get her off these meds. If we don't do this, by the time she's 21, her liver will be totally deteriorated. The only way to make it happen was to find a pediatric kidney surgeon that was willing to take it and do it. We found Dr. Murphy in Kansas City, one of the most expensive but the best at what he had to do. cost a lot of money. We went through all the money. No insurance. We're like typical networkers in business for ourselves. Between that and my, my, my typical network marketing ego of living above your means, we ended up bankrupt in 1988 after all this was done. Through Dr. Murphy, Tessa was able to, to to be healed. It was amazing the way he was able to fix her. A lot of prayers, a lot of scared why we waited hours while she was in that surgery. But as I look back now, I see where we planned, we would we'd implement, and we'd do, we'd check, we'd adjust. And I remember in 1999 when we were discharged from bankruptcy, Paige said, you know, we need to start our life all over. We might as well move. And the day before Christmas, we had received our discharge papers from bankruptcy. The day after Christmas, we received a phone call from a brand-new apartment complex in Destin, Florida. He said, hey, you've been on our waiting list for five years. We finally finished construction. Uh, we've got a move-in special for 50 bucks." No job, no nothing, plan, do, check, adjust. We were going into the last year of the 20th century, the year 2000, and we made a decision. We're moving. I called up the apartment complex and said, we can't be there till March after we get our tax return back. They said, that's no problem. We've got you on the waiting list. You sent us 50 bucks. What apartment would you want? And Paige said, I'd like a ground floor corner unit so we got plenty of windows facing the Gulf of Mexico. And that's exactly what happened. January, I get a job as a trainer for the Census Bureau and ask them if there was any way I could relocate to the Destin, Florida, Pensacola division, and they made it happen for me. So now I had at least a temporary job to get us moved. Plan, do, check, adjust. Orn writes this, and this kind of fits us in. He says, success is practically assured when a person realizes that he is responsible for his own perpetual personal development process. Through every struggle of the 90s that Paige and I faced, the rise in network marketing, the fall in network marketing, partnerships in a restaurant, the failure of that business, uh, running a country club to have the owner sell it for millions and no job, hurricanes, health issues, through it all, we learned to plan, do, check, and adjust. And in March of the year 2000, because we planned... We did. We checked. We adjusted. We moved our family to Destin, Florida. We were constantly confronting the realities of life. We did not sugarcoat it. We didn't look about it. We wrote it all down. We adjusted our personal life. I made a lot of, of, of adjustments to, to better the family. We grew as a family. We kept score. 
We have we still have the eight and a half by eleven notebook full of stuff. We bought newspapers from Destin. We we watched Beach TV for hours. We came we 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 envisioned what we were going to do. Orn wrote this. He said, "People must learn to track the score in each." area of life because it's an essential step to the mastering the game. We knew what we wanted. And people say, did it work? In the last 12 years, Paige has written over 33 books, four of those going bestseller. Her new contracts are now on Kindle, so now she's getting the electronic sales. And while I was in Ohio visiting Orrin and my family, because my son and, and daughter-in-law and, and grandson was there, Paige's publishing company was sold to Harlequin Romance. And they're starting a brand new inspirational line, and Paige is one of 52 authors that they decided to keep on. We made adjustments in life. Your, your life's going to be different than ours. But see... Or, Orrin takes the plan, do, check, and adjust, and he, and he, and he puts it in a, in a more common sense, maybe where we can understand it as just common everyday folks, because, you know, we're, we're, not, we're not like Orrin. I mean, Orrin's just, a, Orrin's just a normal old Yankee that moved to the South. But the dilemma is he's got like four patents to his name, and he's got this brain on him, and he's always thinking. So he, he was polite enough, and, and he helped me a lot, because he hangs out with Chris Brady, who's just an average, normal, everyday you know, well, smart guy too, but he just talks normal. And uh, and here's what I found out. See, when you plan, in other words, you're defining the game. You're defining exactly what your purpose, what your mission, what, what your, your drive is all about. When you do your actions, you're actually teaching the game. See, when you put your actions into play, you're teaching others to do what you do. If you're leading an organization, if you're leading a family, crying out loud, if you're just leading yourself, maybe your dog, this is what it's about. Check. You're keeping score. Not everybody's a winner. There's losers. I'm telling you right now. It doesn't matter if everybody gets it. There's losers. Look, I just watched the Pro Bowl this weekend. There were losers the losers were happy. I mean, they, they had a high-scoring game, and I love their, their teamwork. See, both, both teams, the best of the best, were playing. They were keeping score, just not the same type of score you and I were. See, for them, it was more than just a competitive end game, who's going to win. For them, it was actually being entertaining and doing things they wouldn't do in regular play. They were actually playing more what we would call neighborhood football, and it was a blast to watch. They were taking risks. But they were keeping score. The adjust. You compete against the scoreboard. Man, it was like it was like 14 to 14, 21 to 21, 35 to 34, and then all of a sudden the AFC just kicked some butt, and they just started taking more risks than the NFC were. The NFC couldn't score anymore. It was just 35, and here, I think it was 51, 52. I don't know what it was by the end. Of the, it was a humongous difference, but it was great. And then you repeat it, PDCA. Plan, do, check, and adjust. 
Every successful businesswoman, every successful businessman, do this. See, here's what Orrin writes. He says, most people would agree that keeping score in business is a must, but surprisingly, these same people aren't keeping score at the results in their personal life. See, I enjoy traveling. I would rather travel with my family, travel with my wife, but when I don't travel with them, I'm, I'm, I'm taking that time to invest in me. I'm, I'm focused on what can I learn, how can I grow, what am I doing. I give my clients 100%. I do the investigations to write our, our reports 100%. Unlike critics, I've got a critic. His name's Michael Collins. It's easy to write stuff on an Internet, but isn't willing to invest the money to travel, to meet, to to search out the true facts in a situation. I confronted him on that, and he disagrees with me on it, and that's the great thing about America. You don't have to agree. He hates direct selling. I love it. I don't deny that it's got some ugliness to it. I just think that if we come together, we can fix that. He doesn't see that. He thinks I'm a Trojan horse or something. I don't know. Typical. People don't want to change. We have to go in eyes wide open and look at things and ask the hard questions. It's funny. But I'm going to segue for a minute because this is Orange Book, so I can do this. Last night, this, this Mike Collins writes me this email, and he says, does, does Orrin Woodward know that you sent me over to this website because you, after reading through the website, thought if these people really were telling the truth that they should sue Orrin Woodward? Orrin and I talked about that this weekend because he knows where I'm at. I, I don't sugarcoat nothing. I'd read an ugly blog of some disillusioned people that had left, and they were upset. And then I did a little more investigation, found out who owned the blog, and was amazed that he is even with his company because they promote publicly that they don't want this done. And Mike thought I would say something to him that I had not already talked to Orrin about that I would say something publicly that I hadn't talked to Orrin about. I said, no, Orrin knows what I wrote. Knows that I said, if you've got a leg to stand on, then sue him. Not because I'm into lawsuits, but because I am, un- I am into making sure if the underdog has a legitimate gripe and they're not just being dull, negative, disillusioned crybabies, then they need to stand up for their God-given rights. But in most cases, people would rather hide behind anonymity. I think I said that right. That's one of those big three-syllable words we didn't learn in my school. But they'd rather hide behind that than can face the front reality, not just of the situation, but of their own limiting beliefs. See, people love to pass the buck, point the fingers, blame others, excusing themselves. We call it the blame game, pass the buck. So they never win in life, and they always grind. Another type of people, winning isn't worth it. It's not worth the sacrifice. Yes, it is. It's really worth the sacrifice. I'm looking at the cars in my driveway, a 2004 Ford SUV, a 1995 Ford van, a 1995 Ranger pickup. We live way below our means in order to live a life of enjoyment on this island, to be able to do the things that we want to do. Not everybody was at a stage in life where they could fight for the custody of a granddaughter for a year and a half 
driving almost 500 miles a weekend, staying in hotels in the middle of the country in order to fulfill court orders. But because we were willing, without even knowing it, to to be keeping score, we were able to take care of our family in a way that some won't. See, if you want to do this, then you've got to constantly be looking at your victories and looking and seeing where inside of those victories there might be an area of growth and keep rolling. Keep big and deep. Keep moving forward. Keep thriving. Keep changing. P-D-C-A. Plan, do, check, and adjust, but never, never go backwards. Folks, I love this radio show. I'm glad to be back today. Tomorrow, resolved. I resolved to develop the art and science of friendship. I challenge you to go find a book on friendship. It's hard to do. And in business, we never talk about friendship. I'm telling you, you better be best friends with your spouse, your significant other, your girlfriend, boyfriend. And you better be in business with your best friends if you want it to last. Live life like it's an epic adventure. I'll see you at the top. Be back right here on Real Mentors Radio tomorrow morning. Bye now. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.